Translator's Introduction of On the Education of an Orator. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On the Education of an Orator by Quintilian, translated by H. E. Butler. Introduction Marcus Fabius Quintilianus was, like Seneca, of Spanish origin, being born about 35 A.D. at Caligaris. His father was a rhetorician of some note, who practiced with success at Rome. It is not surprising, therefore, to find that the young Quintilian was sent to Rome for his education. Among his teachers were the famous grammaticus Remius Palemon and the no less distinguished rhetorician Domitius Afer. On completing his education, he seems to have returned to his native land to teach rhetoric there, for we next hear of him as being brought to Rome in 68 A.D. by Galba, then governor of Hispania Terraconensis. At Rome, he met with great success as a teacher, and was the first rhetorician to set up a genuine public school and to receive a salary from the state. He continued to teach for twenty years, and had among his pupils the younger Pliny and the two sons of Domitilla, the sister of the mission. He was also a successful pleader in the courts, as we gather from more than one passage in his works. Late in life he married, and had two sons. But both wife and children predeceased him. He died full of honor, the possessor of wide lands and consular rank. The date of his death is unknown, but it was before 100 A.D. He left behind him a treatise on the causes of the decadence of Roman oratory, De Causis Corruptae Eloquentiae, the present work, and a speech in defense of a certain Nivius Arpinianus, who was accused of murdering his wife. These are the only works known to have been actually published by him, though others of his speeches had been taken down in shorthand and circulated against his will, while an excess of zeal on the part of his pupils resulted in the unauthorized publication of two series of lecture notes. The present work alone survives. The declamations which have come down to us under his name are spurious. Of his character, the Institutio Oratoria gives us the pleasantest impression, humane, kindly, and of a deeply affectionate nature, gifted with a robust common sense and sound literary judgment, he may well have been the ideal schoolmaster. The fulsome references to Domitian are the only blemishes which mar this otherwise pleasing impression. And even here we must remember his great debt to the Flavian house, and the genuine difficulty for a man in his position of avoiding the official style in speaking of the emperor. As a stylist, though he is often difficult owing to compression and the epigrammatic turn which he gives his phrases, he is never affected or extravagant. He is still under the influence of the sound traditions of the Ciceronian age, and his Latin is silver-gilt rather than silver. His Institutio Oratoria, despite the fact that much of it is highly technical, has still much that is of interest today, 
even for those who care little for the history of rhetoric. Notably in the first book, his precepts as regards education have lasting value. They may not be strikingly original, but they are sound, humane, and admirably put. In the more technical portions of his work, he is unequal. The reader feels that he cares but little about the minute pedantics of rhetorical technique, and that he lacks method in his presentation of the varying views held by his predecessors. But once he is free of such minor details, and touches on themes of real practical interest, he is a changed man. He is at times really eloquent, and always vigorous and sound, while throughout the whole work he keeps the same ideal unswervingly before him. End of Translator's Introduction